Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod. It's our little horror show where all we do is talk about horror movies and who is the we. I am the we, and she is the we. My name is Matt Hudson, uh, and joining me as ever is the greatest co-host a man could ever ask for, or a woman could ever ask for, or anyone could ever ask for. It's the Dame of Pain herself. It's Elizabeth. We call her Bloggy Balboa around these parts. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. I'm very good. <laughs> Just had to get that in there, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Good news comes to Claxon. Uh, good. Uh, how's um, uh, again? I might probably just copy and paste from the last show, but how are you doing in these lockdown times? Yeah, they're going. They're going good. Uh, I had a little bit of a stomach upset, which you know about. I wasn't going to mention it, but you've, you've you said it. So go on. You were going to mention it. <laughs> there is no way that you weren't going to mention my my little my little mishap early. <laughs> but block it, block it, nectar sausage, and just spent half the afternoon chatting it out, basically yeah. in between her and her the beard to be feared, her man sort of like rotating poos he, he he only had one he only had one trip to the toilet i had about three just manly guts of his yeah the whole world fell out on my ass today so yeah i'm all right i had sausage but actually no i didn't i had uh i had sausage and then i had and then i shit myself and then i had <laughs> then i had a sweet potato with cottage cheese and then i shit all oh. that out because <laughs> I just, I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You just have a bit of a dicky belly. Didn't forget anything. One of those it. days where everything falls out. But fair times a charm. I've kept my pizza down. We're here. If I suddenly go though, just assume it. <laughs> You'll just <laughs> no, hear the no. microphone. Just your headphones just drop like boom, boom, boom. That'll be it. Oh mate. Well, if you do, can you keep the door open so I can? You can sort, you can sort of shout through, and I could be able to hear you, and we can carry the show on. Yeah, yeah, we can do that one hundred percent. Awesome, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're right, mate. Um, uh, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you out for dinner, but you just answered it for me. Yeah. So thanks. That's all right. How about you? What, what did you eat for dinner, Matt? I had a I had a korma. I was a korma chameleon tonight. What? I put it in a slow cooker, but about one o'clock, boshed it out, bosh, 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 bit of chili powder as well. And people might say, "Well, I get a korma, of, could put chili powder in." But the nipper, um, the young young demon herself had some, so I'm not going to give her chili powder. Bloody good as well. I, I I would do terrible things for a curry. I really wouldn't, especially if it's decent. This one was decent today. So far, so good in terms of not opening the the bay doors. So I'm doing quite well. So it's one nil to me before we've even started our game. But um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing all right, mate. You know, getting through it. I'm looking out the window now. There's a massive black cloud coming. So if anyone happens to hear the sound of rain on the window, just take it as ambient noise and. Probably quite good for a horror podcast. Oh yeah, it would be. It's definitely not me. That's that's just you know, <laughs> rain on Kevin the window. Dashing. Yeah, <laughs> bloggy plopping herself. Um, so before we jump into the main show, which is of course what you're listening to now, we've got a few uh, DBP announcements for you, uh, Death by Podlins out there. For those listening now, uh, our good friend of the show, Ian Forrest, who is the head and the king of Behind the Screams podcast, he was very uh, gracious and kind to invite Elizabeth and myself onto his show uh, recently, which dropped last Friday, to talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And uh, it's fair to say, mate, we had, a, we had a good time, didn't we? We had an absolute blast. It was brilliant. I loved it. I love Ian. He's got, he, he, is he actually managed to, to put up with us for however long it was. It probably felt like a lifetime to him. but <laughs> He hasn't done anything since. He's, he's, yeah, his Twitter's no. gone. His Instagram's been pulled. <laughs> Oh dear, but yeah, no, shout out to Ian, we hope you're alright. Yep, 
it was a good, a good fun show. Halloween season of the witch was absolute ass, but uh, we had a good time doing it. And go check it out behind the screens. Find it on all the podcast platforms as you would do death by pod. So thank you, Ian, go and support his show as he does ours. And also, um, blogging old E Balboa came out of a sweet idea for, to keep us going and you guys as well in these quarantine times. It involves, uh, involves streaming live, doesn't it? Yeah, streaming live. Uh, I thought it might be quite good fun, seeing as we're all locked down, if Matt and I went on uh, an Instagram live and perhaps watched something from Netflix and invited you all to watch along with us. Just so lovely like girl. you had some friends or, you know, company. <laughs> or Sounds like you had some friends. <laughs> so... Is that who we're targeting? <laughs> well, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> we wanted you lot to join in so um we'll announce the film should we do it now or should we leave it no let's do it now or should we, we leave it i don't know now here we go do it now do it now the film no, wait, have you not got anything a little bit less emotional uh no i haven't right the film <laughs> we're gonna watch the reef on netflix I haven't seen it, and you haven't seen it either, mate. No, have you? it's going to be a surprise a, for both of us. It's a first time watch along. Yeah, so we're going to be on there. You'll be able to see our faces. We won't be in the same room, obvs, because I don't want to get COVID, and neither does Bloggy, not that we have it. And um, you can come on, chat with us. We'll be watching the film. We'll be chatting over the film. I've always wondered how these watch alongs work, because we're going to be watching it, but talking over it. And uh, yeah, come along, comment, join in, man, guys, girls. It'd be a uh, be a lot of fun. We haven't done it before, so it's a first for us. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing it. But yeah, blog is always coming up with the good ideas, aren't you? I don't know about that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends <laughs> we'll, how it goes. Yeah, we'll but, see how the Insta no. live goes. But yeah, it'd be good to have a maiden voyage on on Instagram. It will be get get a couple of titties in, and we'll have a good time. And this will be and this can be uh, a practice run for if we ever do it in person, if we can't get through an hour and 36 minutes of an Insta together, then we ain't going to do it in the same room. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think this the, the Reef's a shark movie, though, so I'm probably going to be jumping for for a lot of it. <laughs> content, isn't it? Good content, that is. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, it is. That's, gonna, what we, that's what you come to see. It's going to come back to and haunt then, me. That's it. And then one day I'll be in the same room whilst Bloggy has to go and take a plop. So looking forward to that one. But uh, we're into the show now. We're six, seven minutes in. Shall we talk about the main show, Bloggy? Well, for those who are new to the show, and if you are, welcome. Thank you for listening. For those who aren't new, (laughs) thanks for staying on board. Um, We take one horror film per episode and we basically break it down. We dissect it. What did we like? What didn't we like? What was a bit iffy? And um, yeah, we just we either tear it apart or we have a bloody good time in, uh, talking about a classic. So what are we talking about this week, my friend? We are talking about The Descent. Should we get, should, should I give people a spoiler warning about this? I think that's a good idea. All right. Uh, we're we're going to spoil the film. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> please do go away and watch it and then come back to the pod and listen to it. Uh, don't do that in reverse order and then get angry with us. Uh, you have been warned. Yeah. <laughs> we, we may spoil the film, just, but not even as a spoil. We may just spoil your enjoyment yeah. watching it just because of the crap we come out with. We might just spoil your evening, to be honest. I don't know about the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well, hopefully not. Oh, I know it's going to make me feel better. Tell me tell me everything you can think of off the top of your head about this film. Who's in it? Who's it directed um, by? Okay, so off the top of my head, it was directed by Neil Marshall, 
I believe that it was released on the 8th of July 2005. Nice. We know how good we are with dates as well, so that's... I, I haven't <laughs> got this in front of me. I totally just know that shit. Uh, we've got Shauna McDonald as Sarah Carter, Natalie Mendoza as Juno Kaplan, which also cracked me up because of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how funny is it? Is it the one woman that I hate is called Mendoza? Yeah. <laughs> Mendoza! <laughs> you've got alex reed as beth o'brien mayana mayana buring as sam (laughs) sam burnett sorry to everyone from sweden sorry saskia Mulder as rebecca burnett and nora j noon as holly mills well read out i like that um three and a half million dollar budget 57.1 million dollars Worldwide box office return. Something happened at the same time this film was released, which we'll probably mention later on, which which uh, took away some of the box office. But 85% of the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, good lad sale, thought this was uh, worthy of a fresh rating. And on Metacritic, 71 was the score, which is pretty decent. That indicates generally favourable reviews. So off at the top, the other people in the world seem to like this film. But before we get into it, for those who haven't seen it, and want to know what it's about before they see it. And for those who have seen it, remind us, Bloggy, what's The, the Descent all about? <laughs> um, the Descent is about a woman called Sarah who loses her husband and her child. He uh, well, he, he, he died. <laughs> <laughs> he was unfortunately impaled in a terrible car accident. And... Uh, so then all of her friends get her together for like this healing weekend. They're going to go and do a little bit of cave exploring. But as it turns out, they explore the one cave that's full of monsters. And thought about it like that, actually. Yeah, the one cave in all of the United States or the North Appalachian Mountains, whatever they are, is the only one full of crawlers. That's how, How's your luck? Yeah, exactly. It's shit luck. So she's lost her husband. She's lost her kids. She lost all of her mates. And she lost her mind. And that's the descent. Yep, that's it. The, the, oh, there could be two meanings to that. So before we talk about the film, we always start off with whether we like the film or not. Why wait till the end when you're going to hear us anyway? So, Bloggy, The Descent, 2005. Were you a fan of it or did you think it was a bit naff? I really liked it. Oh. I really, really liked it. Why are Good, well, what? <laughs> well, so, so you said it, you said it really nicely, like... Do you know what? I really like this. Oh, it's a lovely oh. film, isn't it? Warms the cockles so, of me up. I can come in from a nice wet rainy day out and sit down and get the kids together and watch The Descent. And watch this woman go fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch man get watch her lose her husband. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't find that funny, of course. No, I found it um, not funny. No, I, I enjoyed it. The, I loved it when he died. No, I because um, he's rocking a sweet turtleneck. <laughs> I uh, no, I think I dug this film as well. I've I've always liked this film from when I first saw it. Um, I like uh, Neil Marshall for the most part as a director. Hellboy was a complete load of shit, but um, I like other than that, I like Neil Marshall. But yeah, the Descent, I thought really thought this was a decent film, and I'm I was looking forward to talking to this about this with you because again, for those listening who are new, we don't share our thoughts apart from that one film we're going to talk about maybe next. We don't share our thoughts before, so we don't generally know if we like the film or not. So um, now that I know we both like it, Bloggy, let's jump into it. The Descent. Why do you like it, mate? I think I like it because um, because of the fact that I thought that I didn't like it because I've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
I think I watched it at uni and it was one of the, I think we were doing like Brit horror and it was just like a bit of extra credit. So while I was doing stuff, I watched The Descent, wasn't really paying attention, didn't really understand what the hype was about. I was like, oh, it's a bit shit, isn't it? It's just a cave and oh, look, he's got his eyes have exploded and, you know, that was all of that. But um, yeah, watching it the second time around, I was jumping, I was jumping, I was shouting at the telly, I was pissing Jack off. It was great. I bet he had a good time in. He he loved it in between me shitting myself and actually <laughs> shitting myself. He thought it was great. Well, a lucky man. What a lucky man. <laughs> you know. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thousands would agree with me. Um, oh. Yeah. I First time I watched it, it scared me. Second, and I watched it the other about a week ago now, and I was like, yeah, this is just as, just as um, effective now. And it's the... Again, with the way they use their setting is brilliantly. It was shot in Scotland, the actual outside, the exterior, and all the caves were made in Pinewood Studios. But honestly, you could have fooled me the way it was shot. It, it, it could yeah. have, as far as I'm concerned, it was in a cave. Yeah, I thought uh, it was Simon, in a cave. And so did I. Simon Bowles was the man who designed the caves. And um, yeah, before I get into it, the reason why this film didn't do quite so well at the box office was the the london bombings the 77 bombings uh, occurred the day before this and obviously there was the repercussion and some of the marketing for this was sort of centered around like terror underground and all that kind of stuff and they were like ah let's pull the marketing completely uh, so um, you were just going to say it got blown up or something i was like well surely there would have been other <laughs> other actually, adverts yeah, didn't quite get blown up. No, no, I mean, some may have done, but uh, yeah, so that was awful, awful events. This yeah. film, unfortunately, was one of the, it wasn't quite as bad as the people who were involved, of course. So, but yeah, so the film itself, starting off, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that it's, it, the location, as I say, it's shot underground and they really, really, Neil Marshall, who looks like a pigeon, Neil Marshall really uses <laughs> every trick in the book, like the lighting, the camera angles. To make and to make us feel like first we were in this cave, but also to think, shit, I don't know what what's going on. What is the what's the terror here? Is it the fact that they're stuck in the cave? Is there something else in the cave? And it takes about I think it's about forty forty eight minutes or so for the bad guys, the baddies, to finally appear. So before even maybe a bit longer than that. So before that, it's just the it's just the gal, the gal pals. Even though from from the start we kind of realise that the girls don't really like Juno all that much. Mm. And uh, But what did you think about the dynamic of the girls to start with? Well, I mean, I think it was, I think it was pretty obvious that Juno's having an affair with her husband just from that look that they give one another. That's just kind of obvious. But I thought that at first, you know, I thought it was falling into that cliche of women, you know, having a slumber party and tumbling around on top of each other. And one of them sort of like pops a marshmallow in the other's mouth. And I'm thinking, well, whenever I stay at my mate's house, it really isn't like this. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it's me. Like maybe it's something I'm doing wrong, but it was all like, I just thought, oh, fucking don't do that. Let's, let's not have this. But that, that's really in hindsight, that's just to contrast how it ends, I suppose. Cause they're all so bloody close, aren't they? And cuddling up to one another and laughing at their pajamas and everything, and then it just it escalates pretty quickly after that, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. Because they'll go to the they'll go to the woods when you go down to the woods today <laughs> after the incident that kills Sarah's husband because he get yeah he gets skewered, like the impaled as they're driving, and That's her, her daughter dies as well. Yeah, mate, I'd forgotten about that. Oh. Her daughter dies as well. 
and obviously then, then there's a scene of her in the hospital where she's like collapses on the floor and her buddies are there for her. Uh, apart from Juno, fucks off early basically, yeah. and um, and then they go straight to the then it goes flash forward and it to the to the forest and that's why they're there. So it's kind of like a a part of the healing process for Sarah, and she's seeing all her friends again. They're all a bit you know don't want to say too much, and then Sarah. Oh, she's struggling with the memory of her husband and child because little things trigger it. And um, then there's a there's, there's another jump scare straight away after that when she's in bed and she wakes up <gasps> with a dream that, that, and, a, and a pole goes through the face. Oh god, I screamed! I knew that would get you. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Bloggy's going to see that and die." Oh, I didn't. I don't usually scream at stuff, but I actually did that sort of thing where you go like, and the noise that comes out your mouth is not a noise that you've ever hear or want to hear again. You're like, God, blog up. Is that what I sound like when I'm scared? Because it's awful. <laughs> well, everyone joining us in Insta Live may find out next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to see it. It's, it's quite. I, yeah. I jump quite violently. Don't knock the phone over, <laughs> please. <laughs> for, our, for our loyal listeners. Yeah, they, so the, the whole point is obviously like the whole bonding, you know, the girls or guys, no matter what it is, you've always got an establishing shot beforehand. And this was quite a nice... Um, yin to the yang of like dog soldiers, which was Neil Marshall's film before that, which was pretty much all lads, all squaddies together. And this film, the locations and a lot of the shots to start with when they're outside in the Scottish wilderness reminded me a lot of dog soldiers, but the film itself didn't remind me of dog soldiers, yeah. Um, but the way it's shot, but yeah, so they, they're all they're all gal pals popping marshmallows together and having a few beer skis, or beerios, and then yeah, it kind of escalates as they decide to go spelunking. Is that what it's called? I think so. Okay. I hope so. Cave, cave diving, cave so, walking, well, cave crawling. I know there were alternate endings, but which one did you see? There was no splunking in mine. <laughs> well, if you open the blog, then you know what happens. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, the, you mentioned about the bit where she's running through the hospital. And again, like in hindsight, that bit is just, just massive foreshadowing of what's going to happen. You know, it's kind of running away from the darkness. You've got this tunnel. You're not able to see what's going on around you. You know, she's she's running through this what seems to be an empty like corridor, and the lights are all going off around her, and she's kind of getting submerged into darkness. And the only thing that pulls her out of that is like colliding with her friend, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, just like being in hospital in general, it's all this kind of life and death. You know, light and dark. It's very. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in this film. <laughs> there's a lot of connotations to that scene. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. But yeah, the the the, the husband dying that way is just brutal because he was clearly about to say, yeah, I'm distant because I'm shagging you, mate. He, that was yeah. so what he was going to say and then he just gets skewered. Brucked in the face. That's it because they'd been um, white water rafting or kayaking, whichever one it was, white water rafting. And he helped, and yeah, Sarah's husband helps Juno all sopping wet out of the water, and they share that glance. And everyone, the other gals, sort of noticed, but I, I couldn't tell if they if they were aware, if they thought it was weird, or if they just kind of noticed and were like, hmm. Anyway, in the car, he's like, he's a million miles away, just driving, and uh, yeah, you could tell he's about to um, spill the beans. And unfortunately, yeah, he got a pole in his face before he could do it. Yeah. But of that, like that comes out later on. So they they get to the cave. And, um, yeah, because, I mean, sh- shitness hits the fanness. But, yeah, I've got it there. 48 minutes it took for the first sign of the baddies. For the, so, literally, for the first 40 minutes of the film. And this isn't in any way a criticism, but for the first 40 minutes of the film, we are left to wonder, what's you know, what's going on here? So the, the girls are in a cave. 
we've had some, we've had a few like incidences here and there, but um, I, I suppose the last time later on actually, but the, the cave itself and like how how they get there and their adventures in it before they see the bad guys. You know, what, was there anything that stood out there? Um, what so once when they're just in the cave itself? When yeah, so when they the actually cave, finally yeah. enter it for the first time until they see the the crawlers. Well, because I, I well. I, perhaps you didn't notice them as early on as I did, but I see them. They're, they are there. Did you? Yeah, if you go back and what, not not necessarily in that first scene where it's still daylight, but right. pretty much littered throughout the entire, you know, before the bit where they see it in the camera. Oh, they are, they are fucking everywhere, dude. I never saw them. But I suppose I was looking for them. You have to be looking at the right. It's very clever how it's done because I only noticed like one or two. Because mm-hmm. I was, I knew that there was. I had already seen the film, so I knew there was something in there to, for me to be looking. But I think it—you yeah, yeah. have to be looking at the right bit at the right time. It's like you have to be looking for them to see them. But yeah, they—they are there. There's quite a few of them darting about all over the place. Oh right, really because forty-eight minutes—the forty-eight minute mark is the first time I saw one kind of like scurry like obviously scurry in the background they kind of like they showed in that's when you're like what the fuck was yeah, that yeah i hadn't no, seen they, them before they, that no they they are dotted about before that but i think that's what makes it so brilliant because you either don't notice and you're ambivalent to it just like they are or you do notice and you think well done what the fuck was that but it's not clear you just see things moving Mate, I never. I'm half tempted to go back and rewatch the film now, just for that, <laughs> just to see if I can notice it. I might, I might YouTube it or like see if anyone else has done it for me. I think, um, they, yeah, because well, I, th- I think they definitely there. There will be stuff on YouTube. I'm sure there is because I, I wasn't sure if I saw it, and so when I went and I've looked on online stuff, they are. It was done on purpose. I think he did a Q and A or an AMA or something, and he said like, yeah, I purposefully chucked things. That's the scene. That scene where they've got across the ravine, across that big old drop, and um, it and they've and it's the I can't remember her name now because there was a couple who yeah, I couldn't remember. Look a lot alike, don't they? After a while, yeah. That's someone I was going to mention later on. I think it's Sam, the Austrian woman, or the Swedish woman, yeah, sorry, or the German yeah. woman, the uh, European woman, woman who ends up hurting her hand. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's climbing across the scene the ravine whether it and um which i thought was a really cool scene because that's when you notice that oh, someone's been here already yeah and um it's kind of like that's when for me that was the first kind of like whoa moment like well they're not someone's been here where, where are they and then juno juno falls down and obviously she's caught but are there any crawlers in that scene i'm sure there are because oh. i thought as well so when i was watching that scene i was going to jack off something's gonna jump up and grab her and pull her down Mm-hmm. So I thought that shot's too perfect for them to not have something, you know, jump up and pull them down. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't happen, but then the same shot is sort of redone later on, like quite towards the end of the film, and it comes from the ceiling, doesn't it? So it's kind of like, um, I think they kind of set you up. So you're you're looking in all the wrong places, but they're definitely, they are knocking about throughout the whole film. They're walking around all over the place, but you just have to kind of keep looking for them. Oh, mate. I never knew that. And there's me saying how well shot it was and how well crafted it was, and well, I completely it, missed it, that it part. It's like, it is well crafted because you, even if you don't necessarily recognise it, you'll, you'll, I think that whole, just the fact that there is something moving on the screen and you maybe don't, consciously known to say it i think it just adds to the tension i mean and as soon as um 
as soon as Holly kind of start, you know, as soon as she sort of bombs it down into the cave and they're like, you need to be safe. Yeah, yeah. You just know, like, that, that straight away something's, you know, you start to get a feel for, like, Juno's a bitch. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> like her. Um, I think the, cat, the the woman that plays her, what's her name? Um, Natalie, Natalie Mendoza. Mendoza. Right? Yeah, she's really good at being someone who's just, you want to punch her. Um, yeah. Did you want to punch her? Am I, am I alone in that? I just, I thought she was really fucking annoying throughout the whole film, like. No, that, I, that she's the kind it. of friend. She's the kind of mate that you everyone hates. Everyone's probably got one. And they hate them. Yeah. They're like the ones where you, you just like, like just you hung over. You go, you go, you go out for a girls' retreat. You hung over in the morning, and she comes in, bursts open the door. She's like, "Oh, come on, come on out!" And you just think, "Fuck, get a fuck yeah, on my cabin now." For a bloody run, at like probably That's five it, like, in the morning, and then she comes in with her leg over her head, and you're like, "No wonder." Well, you just flaunt in that matey's face. Like, this is what your husband used to like. Maybe it's more, <laughs> more nimble. No wonder he went sopping over there, yeah. Um, yeah, she's one of the... Like, she, the I mean, Natalie Mendoza is probably very lovely, but the character of Juno, I mean, obviously she's written to be that way because um, of the payoff at the end. But yeah, you do watch and you think, oh God, like, even like in the... Like when when things start to go to shit, she's still like, no, come on, we've got to, we've got to do this and we've got to, yeah. uh, uh, we've got to crack on and... And then they start to realise, like, well, you wanted to discover this, and she's like, oh, oh, yeah, so I can, so we can name after you, Sarah. And she's like, are you sure about that, mate? Yeah. Uh, to Juno, and that's when you kind of think, yeah, she she's doing this for herself, which is in it for herself, and uh, and obviously the fact that she had an affair with Sarah's husband that wasn't necessarily linked to him dying. It might have been, but um, but the fact that you know that she did it also adds to the fact that you think you absolute carcass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, the the only bit that I didn't like about that beginning scene was just the so the bats coming out of the wall, that shit me up, and I was really scared. But then when you see them flying out, you're like, oh, CGI, CGI bats. <laughs> yeah, they didn't look so good, yeah. did they? Uh, I, I appreciated the, the jumps, because this film used jump scares quite well, because we've said it before. Jump scares can be cheap, or they can be really effective. And I think in this film, they're a proper effective, because... Um, that the the pole in the face Sarah's face jump scare is really similar to that one in Under the Shadow, which scared both of the scared the shit out of both of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the hand came through the window, um, and the bats. Yeah, when the bats came out, when you see them flying up, and it's like it doesn't look real. It looks awful. But, um, yeah, when when Holly spelunks down, and that's when you realise that yeah, this is how it's going to go. And Juno is an absolute arsehead. And when she gets her comeuppance, that was lovely to see. Um, what else? What other little moments are like when Holly falls down the hole and breaks her leg and a bone oh, sticking out? Oh, you got to push that mother back in. Yeah, that because mm. so funny. I turn into like an armchair medic when I'm when I'm watching these things. I turn I turn to Jack and I was like, no way, no way would she still be conscious and she'd have pissed herself. Oh yeah, you what well, you your bodily fluid would excrete. Yeah, but yeah, that's that is. And I, I just thought as well, like, imagine how fucked off with yourself you'd be because she's like, I've seen a light, I've seen a light. Because obviously they're, they're, the cave's falling in, she's gone into a bit of a panic and she thinks she sees a light and you're just sort of going, no, like, don't, don't do it because it's obviously not. And, the, you know, imagine if that was you and then you're like, well, my legs are fucked. Like, we're not, you know, I'm dead, basically. That's the kind of, and then, of course, she obviously does meet quite a nasty end doesn't she well that's right because this, this is before we before we know about the crawlers i believe so this is this is pretty much like 
the last um, major incident to happen. This is like, yeah, pre crawl uh, the actual reveal of the crawlers, not them being in all the other scenes, which I never saw. But <laughs> uh, yeah, she gets her leg pushed and she has to walk walk with a splint. And then, yeah, then they, they, they come across this um, ledge where they climb up and there's this room full of bones, animal bones, human bones and skulls. And they get the infrared camera out and like, the crawler is in the background behind one of them. And this is like the first time you see it. And then all shit hits the fan. And that's the first time that the actresses actually saw the crawlers. I read that, that they hadn't seen them in makeup. So the first time they saw them was on set, like live. So the reactions when they're screaming their heads off, that was kind of real. Because what the fuck was that? Um, but yeah, it bites Holly's neck, doesn't it? Absolutely just bites her neck off. Uh, tap Juno. Uh, and I'll get to that bit in a minute, what Juno does. But yeah, they real do a number on, on Holly. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I feel, I feel kind of bad for Holly because I get the impression that like, she she wasn't necessarily part of the gang, I don't think. I feel like she was brought in as like a mate of a mate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. That could have been wrong, though. I just thought like she wasn't quite in with everyone else. She was a bit more of an outsider. She hadn't known them. She did seem more distant. Yeah, that she maybe hadn't known them as long as the rest of them. So I felt kind of, I did feel really bad for her. Um, but yeah, that bit where she she breaks her leg and everything but then obviously as well you kind of already know that something bad's going to happen like you said with the the equipment that's left behind and the fact that um sarah keeps seeing them and she hears them as well she keeps hearing oh, things doesn't she? i didn't yeah. i didn't so well, well done sarah um well there's a there was a theory online like a fan theory online after this film came out and before the sequel came out <laughs> that fans were saying that the crawlers were may have been a figment of Sarah's imagination and that she actually killed all of her friends and she basically you know, had went and had her descent into madness. Neil Marshall saw that theory and he's like, do you know what, it's a possibility. And he actually, he actually removed a shot of a silhouetted crawler whilst Sarah was having a hospital hallucination because then it would have been obvious. He said, he would, he would, that would have been tele- telegraphing that they weren't real, but... Neil Marshall said, you know, it's a possibility that those crawlers weren't actually real and Sarah was the one doing all this damage. Yeah, I mean, I think there was, because I, I read a very similar theory about this and it was because when she comes out of the blood water, she screams, but everyone else hears a crawler screaming. But I right. just think that, I think that if that's the way it was supposed to be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have shown certain things. I mean, I know that he's like, he's kind of said like, like, you know, later on the director's kind of said like, Oh yeah, like maybe it is. But I think the, the two, the two different endings and the way that everything kind of fits together. I think that I definitely think that she's going mad. I definitely think that that's a big thing, but I don't think that these monsters are necessarily made up. I think I think it, this is one of the a few times where I'm going to turn around and be like, do you know what? I think they are actually monsters. I don't think they're a representation of anything. I just think that they're there. I prefer that they're there as well, to be honest, because I, uh, it's, you know, so, I mean, in this instance, had they, friends, you know, it just doesn't. I, but I mean, in this instance, I, I, it, there's a bit more of a, like an, uh, an edge to it. If they, if it turns out that they weren't there, then actually, Christ, this woman that we are um, following and trying to root for, you know, we have this, um, we feel this sorrow for, actually killed all of her friends. I mean, wow, on the on in this sort of weird pretense that they were monsters, rather than just being, oh, the monsters weren't real when everybody got out alive, 
you know, great escape. Had they actually been a figment, I, st- I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, <laughs> but it would have added another layer to me. It would have been, you know, actually, I would have thought, actually, do you know what? It, they haven't taken the easy way out and just been like, everybody escaped, like I mentioned, and mm. the monsters weren't real. Well, now, they've, now they've got to deal with their own monsters, blah, blah, blah. If she's killed her mates, I think that actually makes up for the slightly cliched use of um, hallucinations. But they didn't go that way, and I'm, I'm quite glad they didn't. Crawler design, like little golems. What about them? What about those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, th- I thought they were they were really, really good. And the only bit that let them down was the very end where they're crawling all over the fucking ceiling, and it obviously isn't. I thought that was the only bit where I was like, well, that looks a bit, bit naff. But I thought... Yeah, I thought the way that they looked and the um, you know, obviously the fact that they're not CGI'd, they're they're kind of they're really there, and the way that they just crawl over all of them, and you know that bit where they're kind of they're both hugging, and that thing just kind of like crawls over them. And oh god, yeah, yeah, and you're just kind of like we don't know how they hunt at the time, and that kind of gives it away. Yeah, and I was more just thinking like you know I wouldn't want a human that close to me, let alone. Some fucking cave dwelling monster. I, you know, like what, 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 what gender was that one? Did anyone? It's just like I believe oh, it's a male. Oh, ranky rank. Probably yeah, it was a man slogging over you doing twicking and more sort of like Witten Audi or something. Little Witten, sorry, or something like that. <laughs> it was like that, that one that was like frothing at the mouth though as well. That one was fucking rank as well. I know. In your head, you'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd deck them, but in reality, I'd just shit myself and let it eat me. Yeah, that one, that's when you kind of work out how they hunt because you kind of get the impression they're blind, but that they hunt by like tremors, like vibration. Is it sound? And of course, her watch goes off and she flings it. And because um, I assume they hunt by smell as well, but they were, he was literally, this thing was literally like touching nose to, well, lack of nose. And he couldn't smell them necessarily, or he had, it looked like he had a bit of trouble. And that, and also Sarah was um, watching them eat Holly basically. And one gets right up in her grill, and they don't know she's there. So I'm, I'm guessing they only hear, but only sense by hear by um, hearing. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that, but then they become a lot more sort of uh, their abilities become a lot better towards the end, which. Can't, that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but not enough for me to go like, "Oh, this is a terrible film." I'm gonna turn it off. <laughs> like, <the film> is <laughs> One awesome. moment, it's like that's rubbish. Like, yeah, I just think that, like at first, you know, it's kind of a bit like they're not because you'd think at first, as soon as they walked into the cave, as these things are scavengers, they're dead already. But no, they, yeah. they sort of follow them around, and then it's only at the end that they all they're all sort of guarding what we think is the exit. And they all seem to just—they all seem to become really good fighters, and they can see her torch, and they know where she is. And I'm like, hold on a minute—you <laughs> yeah. couldn't see this at the start of the film, but maybe, the, maybe there are like elders or something because she kills a kid, doesn't she? So yeah, she brucks that little kid. Like, what are you? T- yeah, you- I mentioned that they got the the lads and lasses bit. They bite Holly's neck, and then they attack Juno. But and then we get like some films aim for that kind of oh fuck moment oh shit yeah. but I think but the descent uh, and I, I, I you screamed and plopped yourself at certain points when this bit happened I literally sat and went oh fuck because and it's the bit where Juno she's you know she's she's lopping falls down left right and centre and then she and then she turns around and she fucking stabs Beth in the neck yeah 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 I was that, like oh shit yeah we we were like oh god like this is really bad. Um, I'd not seen I'd forgotten about it and even then I did not see it coming again 
Yeah, is well, I mean, you shouldn't bloody sneak up on people in a cave full of monsters. In in fact, well, I mean, I assume that's not a good thing to do. I don't know. But um, yeah, no, I mean, she's just, and I think that's, I I think that there's a, a duality between Juno and um Sarah because one, I mm-hmm. think that it's an anxiety thing, and I think that one's fight and one's flight. And I think that Juno just like you know whenever anything gets tough, like when she was at the hospital, she she fucked off. She was the first one out of the water when they finished rafting. You know, it's just kind of like she's she wants she wants to do all these scary things and then she wants to run away from it. And you know, she's she's killed someone. She can't cope with that, and so she just runs away and leaves her. And like you know, she drags everyone down to this cave. She knows that she's done the wrong thing, but. She's just going to keep blindly running forward and not once putting her hands up and going like, do you know what? I'm out of my fucking depth here. No pun intended. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and just, she froze the atlas, way, didn't she? Yeah, she does. I, With a map. You know, I just think that she's a bit of a. She'd do well in like Game of Thrones or something, wouldn't she? She's a, she's a slippery fucker. She you can't do well with Cersei. Anything, yeah. But I know I think that obviously Sarah's just Sarah's fight, and that happens when she gets her bloody rebirth later on. Well, that was that was a lovely moment uh, when she when she stabs Beth in the neck. It's like fuck, and then she's like dying, obviously, and she's kind of like, she, she sort of and I took it as she was saying to Juno like, please don't leave me here, please. Yeah. And Juno just sort of like fuck this, I'm off. Um, yeah, because she, so, she could have helped her, and the thing is, if she would, if she'd have just plugged up her neck, she probably wouldn't have died. You know, like, well, at least the gesture would have been there, so <laughs> she wouldn't have had that guilt as well. Yeah, it's just um, and the gesture, and the gesture, but yeah, it's mental. Yeah, I don't really fancy that. But also, I was like, oh, imagine what's like to get like a hook through your neck, like through Adam's apple. Like, um, any other things? Any other moments you like, matey? Um, I I quite like the. The whole, just the dynamic between all the friends as well and how one by one they start to get picked off and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's just the, the sort of ten- the tenseness and just feeling that building and just like, I think as soon as you see a group of women that are all getting on, as a woman, there's a part of my mind that's like, you think this ain't going to last. They don't kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> you're all going to turn on each other. Yeah, no, I thought they worked well together. Actually, the the girls, I thought they worked well enough for what we saw with them. And again, I'll touch on that in a bit. But I thought, yeah, I I believe that they could be mates or or at least a group of acquaintances because they none of them liked just Juno. Yeah. Um, and I didn't for I didn't feel sorry for Juno at all during it uh, because nobody liked her. She just I just because she wound me up like you said, like they're too perfect and too too pushy. Yeah. As one of those people when you say, "Do you want to come out tonight?" Oh no, I'm not feeling it. She texts and texts and rings until you just, "Okay, I will do it." One of those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. And, not, and I'm not. I don't like them kind of people. But when they start getting um, picked off, you do start to feel it at points. I mean, even like the ones who don't get quite as much development, like um, when 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 all shit hits the fans and Juno, Sam, and Rebecca are trying to get away, and when they get to the that ravine, Sam gets Sam gets caught by one of the um, by one of the crawlers when she's trying to cross the ravine, he gets her throat slit, and then while she's strung up, Rebecca gets dragged away and eaten. Yeah, and you start to think, oh man, I mean, whether it was, it's like it's, it's a brutal way to go. 
because that's when they kind of start to think, right, Neil Marshall's like, right, fuck this, bosh, 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 three of you dead in like the space of five minutes. And and before that, Sarah's got to put Beth out of her misery. She's got to bash her head in with a rock. Yeah. Imagine having to do that to your best mate. That was absolutely brutal. I didn't think she was going to do it. Or I thought, you know, oh, she'll, she'll stab her or something. But no, she gets a full-on massive rock and just caves her best friend's skull in after only a year of having buried her husband and her daughter. It's like, okay, yeah, I can see why this film is called The Descent now because she's classic. Yeah. It's like... She could have probably done without doing that, couldn't she? Yeah. I thought that she was she was going to say, no, I can't do it. And then a crawler was going to come out and just like mutilate Beth in front of her, um, which I don't think would have been... It would have been a shock, but it wouldn't have been as impactful as that kind of silent moment where they you just have the shot of Sarah raising the rock... And it, that's the kind of moment where you think, if anything's going to happen, now it's going to happen. No. And it's just like the finality of just like, thwack. Yeah. Ugh. Brain splattered everywhere. But, and it's also, yeah, it's put yourself in that position. Would you have it inside you, even if you were in that situation, to cave your best mate's skull in? I mean, it's a hypothetical because you're never going to be touch wood in that situation. But I watch films like this and I think, myself, would I be able to do that? And I don't know, man. That is really funny because when that scene happened, I turned around to Jack and I was like, I would, I would mercy kill you if it came down. <laughs> <laughs> just let you know. I bet, I bet he, I bet he moved, moved away just a few inches when he said that. He's like, okay, just move away a little bit. Every time he goes to sleep, he's like, I've put his hands over his face in case the pillow starts to come on him. Oh, he gave me a kiss and said, thank you. What a nice guy. He understands, t- he understands how difficult it would be for me to cave his head in, but he knows that that I, it would be an act of love. You were kind of quite open. It's like as soon as you saw it, it's like, oh, I'll do that to you, mate, by the way, if that ever needs to be. Like, no hesitation. He didn't offer to return the favour, though. So if I end up in a cave, you know, on death's door, I'm getting eaten alive, basically. You're a crawler, Tucker. Yeah, this guy's too pussy to cave my head in. Oh, I'm with him. I'd, I'd, I'd be with him. I'd be off. I'd be running. <laughs> See you later. I'll meet you outside. See yeah. if you make it, then we'll carry this on. <laughs> if not, that's what it is, isn't it? natural selection no um yeah i don't know if i could do it or not some people i'd love to i'm sure but uh, <laughs> then we get to i mean there are other little moments i like but obviously the, i think the the two last main moments are with juno and sarah are the last women standing in that bit where the crawlers are like, crawling on the ceiling inexplicably um cgi's and then the then these then the scene afterwards where sarah b- bursts out of the soil or you know and then quote unquote or does she so those are the kind of like the ending bit there. What did you think? What did you think of the the end kind of like battle, and then how the film ends? Yeah, um, I thought the the end battle was just that that whole thing, the whole rebirth of hers was because mm-hmm. I I kind of I, th- I think the cave is just like a big womb of grief, and I think it's kind of the cave is like this big metaphor for like is there life after death? Like, mm-hmm. are you are you even you know, because when people grieve, they, they do lose their friends. You know, they become different people and yeah. you lose touch with people and you're not the same person and you probably don't want to go, you know, cliff diving or whatever the fuck it is that they were doing. They Spelunking. Yeah, they just, you know, she probably had different interests or whatever else. And I think that um, her going into the cave and sort of, I think it's sort of her, she's cutting people out of her life. And obviously, because because they're dead. But I think there's a there's a whole argument there for yeah, okay, it's probably not Sarah that's killing people, but I think that the whole event in itself is 
is a metaphor for her grief process and that she she kills a a child creeper doesn't she and then the mum comes over and the mum starts grieving and then it's kind of like the battle of the grieving mums and they both go into this this water but only one of them comes out and it's you know it's kind of like a it's a red water pool isn't it like when she emerges like like carrie but she emerges and it is very like it's like it's like you said it's the rebirth it's like coming out of the womb like a newborn covered in but i think it's kind of like so that's that's like you know that's she's she's still cooking at that point she she's in the she's in the waters she's covered in blood and then she has to go through this massive final showdown and then there's this big like so obvious rebirth scene where you know she's crawling out of the tunnel it's the light you know and she's crawling over bones really she's coming out of this grave and and going out see the light at the end of the tunnel literally yeah and like she's coming out and everything's fresh and it's green and it's you know she's got a new she's daring to imagine a new life and everything and then it's just like no actually she's she's still fucking down there and um i think it's just like i think it's just saying like you never get over grief i think that's grief is not um you know a straightforward path i think it is like this sort of labyrinth cave and there's lots of monsters in there that you've got to try and fight and you're probably going to come out of it completely on your own if at all and you will have had to have caved your best mate's head in well as a that's usually the that's like the last stage of grief yeah, is to yeah. get over it you kind of have to do like cave your mates in yeah, yeah, yeah. no well said it's, it's true it's, it's the more you, th- more you think about it then it becomes more apparent that yeah you, you you're in the kind of like the deepest darkest underbelly which is the cave everything is dark and you're searching for a way out you're searching for that light at the end of a tunnel you have demons or monsters to overcome during it you're like you say you, you find out who your friends are as well like you mentioned and like beth was obviously a friend who stuck there till the end and which makes the scene where she has to kill her like three times ten times more impactful although is, and she, is she a friend though because she obviously knew that you know was sleeping with her husband well i think i think she only knew when she got the locket mm, i know because she said like she's not she's not the only one that lost things in that cave and like when when yeah, she gives when she gives the husband the look it's beth who sees her do it and yeah. who stares at her as if like wrap this yeah and it's kind of like the best mates looking at her as if like i've i've seen you i i know what's going on yeah and i think well, that's it's what just I... that unspoken like beth knows beth knew and it's like i think that's it yeah because that's bastard. what i said at the beginning i wasn't if, 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 i wasn't sure if everybody knew what if it was just a kind of look to say that's odd but I'll, we'll, we'll move on and obviously didn't mean anything but I took it as maybe she knew, and also because of the tension between them during the film, because those two were always at loggerheads, yeah. um, Beth and Juno. And then, of course, when she ends up killing her, it could almost be it wasn't on purpose, or was it? Because Beth does, uh, Juno does have a little look behind her, very subtly, a side eye. She doesn't help her, and then she takes a locket from Juno's neck, which says love each day, which is something that Sarah's husband would say all the time. And, of course... When they uh, she gives when she's dying, she gives that to Sarah, and then that, the big jewel, Sarah says that to Juno, and that's when she's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, this is it now. Yeah. And as to your point, like that's almost like the final part of the grieving process was facing that, facing that like main demon was her supposed friend, who had brought them down here and was also um, rutting her husband, and you know, she got her vengeance, I guess, in like the and again the way the way they did it, like, like they fought off the bad guys. 
the crawlers, and then she just put a pickaxe through her leg, and it's just kind of like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. And the way it's done, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost done anticlimactically, which I loved. The fact that she just did it, they shared that look, and she ran off. There wasn't any speech between them. There wasn't like epic music, or he didn't see the crawlers like come in and take her necessarily. But it was just like the unspoken. It was just all in the eyes. She pickaxed her leg. Juno looked at her almost as to say like, "What the fuck?" And then very quickly accepted her fate, and she's like, she knew why she'd done it and she knew what was coming next. Sarah gave her the look as if to say, that's that's for doing that. And also the kind of weight lifted off her shoulders and then she runs. I loved the way they did that and that they didn't like go for some big epic monologue or any crap like that. And then we get to the yeah, the scene of where she's like, say, so yeah, she sees the light at the end of the tunnel. She's descended down. She has to go up to get to the tunnel. So she's got, you know, she's she's hit the peak now. She's going back up again to the light, she bursts out, like you say, almost like a womb, and um, gets in the car, bursts through, and depending on what ending you've seen, turns out that actually, no, she's still in the cave, dreaming of having birthday cake with her daughter. The birthday cake's like her torch, and the crawlers are closing in, and it's like the most like, biggest gut punch ending you'll see for, 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 for in a horror film, and, mate, because the American version has Juno appearing in the car, like a hallucination, yeah, and it was like Sarah screams. Bleeding, yeah. That's it, and because because apparently the American test screening thought it was too bleak. A bunch of wimps come on. Thought it was too bleak, so they changed it. But that ending, man, is it the the utter sort of like bleakness of that ending. What what did it do for you? Did it, did it work, or would you have preferred a happy ending, or was it too bleak, mate? Oh no! I mean, I I knew that I knew that as soon as she started to climb up, I I said I don't think this is real. I think she's she's still down there. I thought the yeah the the jump scare with Juno in the car with the sort of like go go from Kill Bill kind of eye thing was a bit naff. But yeah. the thing that I liked about the birthday cake was obviously like so there's five candles on the birthday cake because it's her kit right no no so no sorry no I got I thought you could say something else oh right no there's there's so there's, there's five candles on the birthday cake because it's her kid's fifth birthday that she never got to celebrate right of course yep. Yeah. In the last scene where she's with the kid, there's six candles on the birthday cake. And it's so subtle. There's mm. so many subtle little things mm. in this film that you don't necessarily see. And I I, I watched it literally. I, I've just finished watching it. So it's all like still fresh in my mind. <laughs> but, um, and I just thought, yeah, like, you, you, and the whole, again, like life and birth, they're, they're intertwined. She's kind of buried, but she's in like this kind of, sort of rebirth state but she's never actually gonna fully get out and be able to do anything about it it's um it, it's that sort of grim acceptance of like yes they're dead i'm grieving and i'm this part of me is dead as well i think it's um i thought the ending with her in the cave is the best ending that if it if it had been that she'd have got out because it what what's happy about the other ending? She gets out, but what the fuck has she got out with? She's still got no <laughs> husband. Her friends are dead. Yeah, her husband's dead. Her kids are dead. It's just you know, great. She's got to go back to the cabin and get all of her stuff. Like I just, I don't know. I I think because I think that's why she suddenly starts crying. Is that obviously so? The American ending is that she comes out of the cave. She's reborn and she's able to actually like let all this grieving out. And it's like. Oh yeah, you know, you go girlfriend and it's like what the fuck? 
I, that's not a happy ending. This is a completely... She's covered in blood, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually come out of less than she had before. Yeah, I think it's... But I actually think it's a happier ending that she stays in the cave and she's with her daughter, like... Mm-hmm. You know? I think, yeah, she's I think, got to that mental state where she now sees her kid. Yeah, all the time. But then they did also say that she could experience hallucinations and all the rest of it, which I guess is where the did it really happen thing come into it. Mm-hmm. But I think it definitely happened. I think yeah, well, real. Yeah, I think the film actually happened. Documentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I thought you were going to say, what I really liked about the birthday cake was like the really thick layers of frosting and icing. The birthday I was like, cake you really going to go there? Like, it come did. On. I did you, you, it made you want cake, didn't it? I, I, I would have shoved my face right in that. I would have loved it. <laughs> so I, I mean, maybe should have shared it with the crawlers. Just, they go, eat that and leave me whilst I find a way out. Yeah, there were six birthday cake, uh, birthday candles on there but could that also symbolize you know the the girls in the film there were six girls in the film and now there's six candles but they're going to blow out you know is that some sort of like way of saying that this is this is the end now for our our group um yeah maybe there's that all this here that the year has passed and it's her daughter's birthday it's a either way it's a sickeningly depressing ending but the fact that even at the end she's kind of like found that piece where she, you know, in her mind, she's with her daughter. She's celebrating her birthday, which she never got to. And as far as she's aware, that's real. That's what's happening there and then. And um, so I guess in one hand, it's, you know, it's it's nice for the character to have that kind of closure and that. But also the fact that in about 30 seconds, she's going to get torn to pieces. It kind of takes away that. But I think had she escaped, not only, I also just think it would have taken away from a lot from the film. Mm. If, She's the last woman standing. She takes out her her enemy Juno, and then she just happens to stop. She falls down a she falls down a crack, and oh god, look! There's the light at the end of the tunnel. She just happened to make it out as it all closing in and at the right time. Yeah, just, that would have been a bit like really come on. And also, yeah, this would have been a bit rubbish. Sometimes a film needs a needs a bleak ending to really you know stick that landing. And some films have the the courage or conviction to to do that. Yeah, and others lack the bollocks to do it. And I'm glad that Neil Marshall, in the wider release version, had the bollocks to do it. And in like the alternate version, you know, it's a quote unquote happy ending. But as you've just said, and I agree, you leave the cave of less than you went in with, but you're leaving it with much more like anguish, anguish, stress, anything else like the worst possible like, mental state you could imagine. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, really. And also, you're probably going to be haunted by those bastard crawlers for the rest of your life. Every time you turn your light off to go to sleep, you're like, no, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. End, you close your eyes in dark. It's like, is it better just to, you know, die in the cave for want of a better, like, least nasty term? But I think maybe it was, especially after everything that I'd been through. Plus, she was the last woman standing. She, she got her vengeance, if you will. And I know it wasn't the, that wasn't the, you know the big factor in the film that she had to get one over Juno, but in amongst everything else, she found out what happened and she managed to kill Juno. So she may have been going out, but at least she she took one down with her as well. So yeah. I guess they're the kind of major moments, and Bloggy deserves a medal for diving into it much better than I than I ever could have done. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think if there's any other moments which I which I really dug. I mean, um, yeah, I mean like the the the, the, bl- the blood red pool I was going to mention, but yeah, you've kind of covered that really nicely i think that's for me other than like the film itself that's the major moment which i really dug is there anything else before we jump onto the stuff which maybe wasn't so good 
I did like that. There was one bit that did really crack me up, though, because you know that she she sees she sees one of the crawlers, right? And she's like, "I, I definitely saw someone." And June, I was like, "No, you did not. It's your imagination, gaslight, gaslight." And then, uh, <laughs> and, then she, <laughs> and then she sees where they all see one of them. As soon as that bit happened, after I'd stopped screaming, I was like, "Wouldn't you just turn around and be like, I told you I saw someone.'" Yeah. I was like, "And then she says it." And then immediately after, she was like, "I told you I saw someone." Yeah. And I was like, "Yes." Even though it's like the, almost like the most petulant thing to do in a time in that time when everyone's like getting bracked up when your mates died or about to die, and all these dying. I can't remember if it's before or after Holly's been bracked, but the first thing you think of is like, "I told you so." Yeah. And now back to now back to being shit scared. Exactly. No, I was I was so glad that she said it because I was like nobody believed her, and she was so like, and she it, that was what I liked about it. It wasn't one of those films where she kept saying. I can see something, but I'm not going to say anything. Or we know something, and we it, it all comes out in the open very, very quickly. And she says it with such sincerity that I would believe her. Yeah, I, a lot of the film certainly, certainly before the crawlers as well. A lot of the film it felt genuine, like the cave was the bad guy. Especially the moment where they're crawling through the tight spot, and um, Sarah's coming through, and she's clearly scared of the uh, confined space because God knows who I would be. And then the cave starts to well, cave in. And she has to get pulled through. And I was like, oh, my God, my palms are sweaty during that bit. The idea of just being stuck, like trying to crawl through a tiny tunnel yeah. just big enough for your shoulders. And then the cave starting to, like, like crumble around you. Sod that for a game of soldiers. Um, <laughs> so there was that moment as well. But, uh, yeah, the whole film, the film, for the most part, before the crawlers, felt real. But even when the crawlers turned up, it didn't take me out of it because it was the reactions of the cast that sold it for me and their actions as well, like what they were doing. Like you said, they weren't, they didn't, they didn't turn into superheroines entirely. You know, they were still getting the shit kicked out of them. And most of them were, they were getting picked off one by one. And the only time they really did was that big, like kind of final duel at the end where they were taking them down quite easily. Yeah. When Juno just they, they breaks one of them. Overpowered. <laughs> That's it. Juno turns into like Batman or something. Like angry Batman. Yeah. And then none of them get a scratch, and then she gets a pickaxe. So I was glad she got the pickaxe. And that was a moment as well, which I I liked. I was like, yeah, good. Good on you. Good for you. Because you can't. You think, is that the moment where she's going to look at her and be like, I don't like you, I don't respect you, but we've got to get, we, we all get out of this together? Or is she going to like, yeah, put a pickaxe through her leg? And thankfully she did. She did the thing you would do because her, she, because Beth, Beth also says to her, sorry, before we move on, Beth also says, Juno did this to me. She did it to me, and then she ran off, and she fucked off into the night. Yeah. And also, look what I took from her being. She, so she killed me, she stabbed me, she left me for dead. Oh, and she's also wearing a quote that, from your husband around her neck. So um, I think yeah. in the situation and the descent into madness, her off in Juno or leaving her for dead wasn't out of character, I don't think, at that point. No. Well, she says right at the start, doesn't see that she's a piece of work. Yes, that was the fir- the first thing that we hear about Gina is that she's a piece of work, and then when she's saying "Don't trust her, don't trust her," it's just so obviously got a double meaning. And I think that she obviously knows that that necklace is from Matey's husband as well. I think the best friend knows, which is why I think the best friend died. Because, and I think there is probably an argument there if we could prove that the best friend knew, then I might say, "Yeah, okay, these monsters are probably things that she's made up, and she did kill all of her friends." But we don't know that, so it, no. it happens. And if, <laughs> and if Beth, if <laughs> yeah, yeah, Neil, and if Beth survives, and then she tells 
Sarah in an argument. Oh, by the way, she she's doing it to your husband. It's not anywhere near as impactful as Sarah finding out in that moment of having to, uh, the moment that, like the double whammy, Sarah finds, the triple whammy, Sarah finds Beth is still alive but dying. Beth then gives her the blocket, which is proof of her husband's affair with Juno, the one she called a piece of work. And then she's then got a bl- um, bludgeon her friend to death. It's like kind of like triple whammy. Um, yeah, that's much more impactful than Beth being the one to just kind of, by the way, kind of thing. Your husband was a dick, and it was her who, you know, and it was her over there who who led him astray. Yeah. It's not anywhere near as impactful because then the ending doesn't pay off anywhere near as well. If we don't get the moment which happened between Beth and Sarah, the ending is just oh, Sarah's just gone. Sarah's just like maybe even overreacted somewhat, but the fact that she found out that Juno left her best friend who'd apparently been there for her, we're not sure because you'd just brought up a good point. But, uh, certainly her closest ally, at least. She killed her, left her for dead, and then she's also fucking her husband. So yeah, um, yeah, she she deserved it as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, the ending was the end was a bit bleak. But so for stuff that um for stuff that we didn't like, my list is quite short. But there are a few things you've mentioned during it. But uh, well, I mean, you said how much you liked this film, and was there anything which you thought was really blue? Because you said it, I'm guessing there's nothing which really derails the film. But was there anything that like, really rankled you a little bit? No, um, I think yeah, just the, the the poor CGI at the end kind of broke it a little bit for me, but um, it didn't. It's by no means going to stop me watching it again in the future. It's from two thousand and five. I think it's I think it's done pretty well for itself, and I I can't really see. I'm even happy with the fact that we don't one hundred percent know what happens, which is so unlike me, because I just think it's bloody arrogant. I think sometimes when people do that. I've got a story, but I'm not going to tell you what it means. It's like cute. I've got a story, but I've no idea how it ends. So you lot, <laughs> you are you guys aren't going to find out either. That's like Space Odyssey, where he's just like, yeah, I did, I, I did initially have uh, like a voiceover that was gonna that was gonna explain everything, but at the last minute, he decided to put classical music over it and just keep that one to himself. And you're like, oh, fuck it, off, Cube. Yeah, like, <laughs> pretentious prick. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Bloggy Balboa says, fuck off, Kubrick. Yeah. There we go. If I was in a cave of Kubrick, I'd have put a thingy through his knee. Oh, like, that, oh, that's, yeah. that's for Space Odyssey. That's for the colour <laughs> yeah. colours that made no sense. Any, any like cinema like art fan out there, big fan of Kubrick, it's probably just like, it's probably just choked on their yeah, lima beans right, after hearing yeah. that. Fuck off, Kubrick, <laughs> says B Balboa. Well, if you're going to, I'm sorry if your art is too high for us to understand. Nope, or you just couldn't come up with a good enough ending. Yeah, pretty hard. Um, A lot of time for me, I think you couldn't come up with an ending. (laughs) But anyway, no, no, I I don't think there's much wrong with this film. Nice. I I didn't really have much. One of the things that annoyed me was the... the, the, It didn't annoy me, but you know when I said, come on. I I love it when directors are influenced by other films, but so many horror films use this convention, it buggers me off. But it's the overhead shot, like the, 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 the shining shot, of the car going through the going through the forest, the woodland. I think they do it twice in this film. Oh, I was the like, Phantom okay. Ride, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're doing that again. Not all of the characters had great depth. I had to Wikipedia who Rebecca and Sam were. Yeah. The one. I just knew that was the one, one who, with an accent and one who was a doctor. 
Yeah, I didn't know they were sisters or, or related. No, I didn't know they were sisters or related either. No, I found out by Wikipedia, so I had to <laughs> Wikipedia their name. I, I I knew the girls' names during it, but when it came to the crunch and, you know, that one, one was hanging with her neck slit on the ravine and the other got pulled away, I was like, right, one the accent's been pulled away. And the one who can't remember her name's hanging there dead. I was like, and I was trying to think, like, what, I was trying to like, type in quickly what was her name. So for the notes, like, what's her name? And I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll just put XX and I'll Wikipedia afterwards. And I've just been saying how much I love the fact that Beth was the one to spill the beans on the affair, like, officially to Sarah. But, I mean, the fact that, obviously, she just happened to pull the locket off her neck in her dying moments almost. It's like, uh, I suppose they had to they had to find, they had to get the message across from Beth to Sarah somehow and her just pulling the locket off her neck because I'm sure Juno would have felt it and being a complete art dick she was, I'm pretty sure she'd have gone and laid one on her and taken the locket off her. Yeah. So I mean, that was the only bit where I was like, mm, that, that is, that, that's the kind of the plot armor. But um, I got over it very quickly because what it led to, I got over to it immediately in fact, but because what it led to was a powerful moment and a great ending for this film. So now I didn't, uh, I guess the only thing, the only thing, other thing that does annoy me, I guess was the fact that Neil Marshall felt like he had to tack on an alternate ending, not just the United States, but I mean, people were felt it was too grim. I mean, this is his, this is his vision. This is his film. He could do as he wants with it. Don't bow. But I guess if the studio is saying, look, just do it. You haven't got much choice. It's not Neil Marshall's fault. It's studio interference. But because that ending bothers me, because like you said, it's not anywhere near as impactful. If anything, it falls into that contemporary horror, which I've bitched about enough on these shows, where it's like, oh, she's out. Oh, no, jump scare of a woman with blood coming out of her eyes, screaming at you. It's like, fuck off. Just don't. Yeah. Whereas the one we've got now, I much prefer it. But other than that, mate, there's, I thought the pacing was good. I thought the effects, for the most part, looked good in terms of how they actually utilised the the sound stages. Because I actually thought they were, they were in a cave rather than being on a sound stage in like, North London. Yeah, The CGI was a bit whaff, but... It's just they're, they're, it was a low budget film, and they did the best of what they could. And they tried to conceal it. Right, super question, but we always do this to end off the main part of the show. The descent. Somebody comes up to you today who isn't a spelunker and just says, "Bloggy, I really I've seen this film. I got it. Two ninety nine from HMV. They're still around. The, the descent. Should I buy? It? Should I watch it? Is it worth it? Yes, definitely, one hundred percent. Spend your money on it. Yep, same here. And in all of the shows we've done, where does this kind of land? Top, middle, bottom? Uh, top, yeah. So it's one of the top tier films, is it, we've done? One of the top ones, yeah. I, I agree with that as well. It's one of the best horror films I've seen in a long time, certainly modern horror films, and I'm glad it's a British horror film because we certainly know how to do, how to put it up here, guys. But so that's what we think about <laughs> the the that's that's what we think about the film. Uh, so what did you guys think about it? We asked you guys what you thought of the descent. Uh, and we had a little poll. So, what were the poll results, Bloggy? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we do know how to put it up here in in Damn England right. and the UK. Spelunk that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's just the way you said it. It sounded awful. <laughs> we know how to put it up here. We're going to put a diver in. Near it, you were from the other side of the train. Woo-y. Oh. Come to England, we'll not. put it up, yeah? <laughs> yeah? That isn't representative of me or England. Yes, it is. England. Uh, <laughs> all right, so on the poll, 83.7% liked the movie and 163 did didn't. Uh, Luke Summerfield, 
saw it at the cinema but can't remember much about it. <laughs> That's pretty much the same as me until recently. Uh, Jocasta Who said, it scared the shit out of me. Love, love, loved the female cast. Mm. We'll put it up, yeah. And Ashley Epi said, the descent definitely makes me feel terrified. I will never go into a cave. Uh, the sound of music production is spot on, giving eerie feelings all over. But one bad thing I wish I couldn't at times understand was the woman's Austrian accent. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with any of the women or monsters in this movie either. Bloody brutal. Nice one. Thank you, Ashley. And again, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, retweeting and sharing the show. You're a proper legend. Thank you for that, Ashley. Uh, speaking of which, proper legends behind the screams podcast. You mentioned him, Ian. He's Scottish. They certainly do know to put it up. You're up there. He said, The Descent is a really clever movie that has two villains, The Crawlers and The Cave. I agree. Yep. It's majorly claustrophobic, which could be scarier than the creatures themselves. Some brutal deaths, a little bit of gore, and some good scares make for an all-round good ride. Um, that's a good question, actually, as well, uh, which I'm going to ask you. What was scarier? The, astro- bit, the, bit, the claustrophobia of being in a cave and not knowing where you were or how to get out, or The Crawlers? Um... Well, the crawlers just speed everything up, don't they? I think the cave is the real villain in this piece because they were going to die in there anyway. It just would have been a, they just would have eaten each other in a in a in a cannibalistic way, not in a splunking way. Um, <laughs> Filth. They, yeah, they probably just it would have been a different film, wouldn't it? Yep. No, they'd, it, they would have eaten Juno first, though. Well, they would have destroyed Juno, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they would have nuffed on those muscles. Uh, so thank you, guys. And actually, yeah, the I, I agree. The the accent, not couldn't understand. I just couldn't remember the woman's name was either, no. which was annoying me more than the uh, uh, I love, love, love the female cast. I agree that I love that Neil Marshall went that way, which was progressive at the time of 2005 to have an all-female cast in a horror film. Um, and like I said, his last film before that, Dog Soldiers, his previous film, which was an all-male cast. So it was a nice... Um, Flip to that, and King of Wales, Luke Summerfield. Thanks for your input, mate. Thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> keep, keep keep it up. So that's what you guys thought. Thank you again. To keep sending them in. If you want to send in a voice message, we will give you the email address at the end of the show. But before we get to the end of the show, it's that time, isn't it, matey? It is that time. <laughs> Death by pod game. True or false? And blogging all Balboa has come out of this one. So what on earth's going on with this? Well, as you've called it, boo or false. <laughs> That was to make myself laugh. You <laughs> <laughs> dick. <laughs> um, okay, so this game is just going to be... Uh, we're going to take turns in giving each other some movie trivia. Uh, we've got to figure out whether it's true or false. Horror movie Sorry. trivia as well, I should point that yes, out. It, Not just any for, movie. It should be simple, but you, you, you guys have heard our... Uh, Quizzes, we very rarely get questions right on this. And when we do, it is literally like a party time. So, um, Bloggy, would you like to go first? Yeah, I mean, well, you obviously did lose quite badly to me in Behind the Screams podcast game. <laughs> I got lucky with the first few that I, I actually like, luckily knew. Is false? You'll have to listen to the podcast to find out. Yes, who got done over? It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Does that mean I'm giving you some trivia? Uh, yeah, should we, go, should, we, should we alternate as we usually do? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Right, go on then, mate. Oh, are you ready? I am. Okay, in the first Poltergeist, the Fielding's house is haunted because it's built on an ancient Indian burial ground. True or false? True. Sure? 
I'm going to burp. I think so. It is not tree. Oh. What was it built in? It was just built on a cemetery, but for some reason everyone thinks oh. it's on an ancient Indian burial ground. And like the Simpsons right. take the piss out of it. And it's like one of those urban legends that yeah. it's not true. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. Because as soon as he said that, I was like, it's built on something weird. So, because um, old Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein turns up to uh, <laughs> to expo- exposition the shit out of that. It, she's in all three of the films as well. So, I love that rock one. on, Zelda. You look like her. Thank you. I thought, I thought that's what you said. Sorry. Oh, right. I was like, I love that woman. You were like, you look like her. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said you look like her. I was like, I'm not sure. Well, there are some differences. Because I'm, I was dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you don't look like her. This is going to be a real movie pretty fucking soon, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a hook through my neck. <laughs> um, okay, so Neil, uh, nothing to me. Blogging or Balboa. Are you ready for your first one, mate? I am. Okay. Nine people died during the making of The Exorcist. True or false? Was it nine? nine? True or false? False. Is that your final answer, Blog? Yeah. No, Claxon. It's true. Nine people died during the production of the film. That's the lie. Yep. That's well, the most, not as uh, the case, maybe. Yeah, Christ will. Yeah, the power of Christ compels you to... You know, nine people also died during that, so... Uh, yeah, false. So a uh, true, sorry. So nil, nil so far. So a good start. No standard start. So second one, Linda Blair Ooh, auditioned Linda Blair. for the role of Nancy's mum in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Um. Not many. She's eighty-five, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to say true because she could have been. Oh, she wouldn't been old enough. Oh, fuck it. I've said it now. True. You can change your mind. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of uh, integrity. I said true first. There's not the true tree. Oh. Did you make that? Oh, fucking hell. Fucking hell. All right, all right. It's like it's being beaten by a drum set. <laughs> Wow. And you were just hitting it on your face going, stupid. <laughs> I know. I took it really hard. Sorry. And the drum set too. Yeah. So did you make that one up? Yeah. Oh, mate. So I, I was like 73. Along with the sausage. Oh, yeah. Like 73, she was 12. And I was like, I think Nightmare on Elm Street was like 85 or something. 83, I was saying. I was like, oh, she would have been like 22. It's not quite old enough to be a... The, the mother of a 22 year old uh, Carrie Fisher uh, um, auditioned for the role of Linda uh, Reagan McNeil which is a fun fact though oh really obviously didn't get it but yeah she applied for it oh well she went on for other things didn't she yeah she did quite well for herself alright so it's nil nil still no surprise you ready for number two mate <laughs> you've been ready for number two all day <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> number two I've had enough it's so childish isn't it um, okay uh, question two for you. Brad Dorif lost a finger during the making of Chucky, the first one, due to the doll falling on him from a height. True or false? False. You sure about that? Yeah. It's Shanna Claxton again! Yeah. It's true. No, it's false. Fuck. No, you're, yeah, you're right. He didn't lose a finger during the making of Chucky. Can I get some, like, drums? 
Oh, I've deleted it from the soundboard. Oh, you can have this instead. Well, because I was desperately trying to stop it, I'd press the X by well, mistake. So as soon as it malfunctioned, you just deleted it like that. Yeah, I was like panicking. Like I can't stop hitting myself in the face with this snare drum. <laughs> All right. Nil one. Nil one. Nil one. This is it now. Are you ready? I was born ready. Okay. I don't think that's true, but we'll, we'll go for it anyway. This <laughs> <laughs> Silence of the Lambs and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on the serial killer John Wayne Gacy. He was a clown killer, wasn't he? What? I'm going to go false. Sound the car accident. Yes! Yes! I know it's based on I'm sure it's based on something, but I can't remember. But yeah, Gacy Ed was King. the geezer. Ed Gacy. Gacy was the geezer who dressed up as a clown, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Gein's yes, the one that, was... like, you know, ate people and turned... Gein was a, like, like, fucking Fruit Loop he was, yeah. yeah. Um, right, I've pulled it level. This is to win now. This is to win. Okay. You ready, mate? Oh, here we go. Doggy bow bow. Jaws was nearly titled The Silence of the Deep. True or false? False, surely. Final answer? Yeah. It's incorrect. It was almost titled The Silence of the Deep. That would have been so... What? Spielberg came up with that? Yep, and one other title was Leviathan Rising. Silence of the Deep. (laughs) And another one was, I think it was The Jaws of Death. (laughs) So, you know what that means, mate? That means that you won. No, it means a tiebreak. Oh, shit, does it? Um, okay. I've got the first two wrong, the final one right. You've got the, f- the middle one right and the other two wrong. So um, how would you like to settle this other than a good old punch-up? Uh... Should we do our classic um, guest of the year? No, let's, let's, let's do like a quote one or something. Let's like... Oh, year one always makes me feel really upset about who I am as a person. <laughs> and the fact the last time it went on for... A long it's time. So, yeah, fucking hell, that went on for ages. That was incredible, wasn't it? Oh, I'm getting myself a quote up now, so um, this is this is all in. This is all in the pod. Here we go. So I'm getting a quote up now. We're not on the same website. Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, quotes.net. Okay, cool. So I'm not, so... <laughs> <laughs> Good. If you were, back off. I was there first. All right. I don't know if I can do this one, actually, because it's got a really bad word in it. Uh... We'll work our way around it. I can smell your Jeremy Hunt. I can smell your... Oh, God. Um, is that Silence of the Lambs? Sound the Klaxon. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I remember that, um, in it. It's like, oh, it's disgusting. It's um, whatever that weird, like, proper, like, psycho mm-hmm. guy says, isn't he? That guy that throws his spunk all over her. That's it. Oh, um, here we go. Oh, you're probably not going to get this now. This one's really quite hard. Do you want to know? Okay, here it goes. The quote is, follow the blood. Follow the blood. Is it uh, American werewolf in London? (laughs) Final answer? Yeah. It ain't. It's Eden Lake. Follow the blood. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, no, and as soon as I said that, I was like, that's really unfair. Do you want me to do another one? 
No. You sure? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take the win on. I'll take. I'll take the win, but I'll take it with a heavy heart. I was going to pick one thing for. I was going to pick something from the thing, but I thought it was going to be too obvious. This is the one where he goes. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this <laughs> fucking couch. <laughs> so instead, you picked one with the most offensive word in the English language. Yeah, I picked two with the. That's proper Balboa, that is. It is proper. Well, I'm sorry to have to say I won this time, but I feel very bad about it because my (laughs) quote was so obscure. Um, I was just going to say in time, but you'd understand what that one was. So that is that. that I I always remember when you dropped that in. I was like, fuck, she knows the quote. What a queen. Um, (laughs) So that is that for the Descent episode of Death by Pod. We both love the film. We hope you did. It's not too late to let us know what you think about the film. So um, if you want to, we'll let you know where in a minute. But if you want, I want to say thank you to Bloggy for coming on. So Bloggy, thanks once again for coming on. I'm just about to burp again. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for letting me burp. Thank you, Mr. Patterson. That's all right, the best co-host I could ever ask for. Uh, if the world wants to find you and read your stuff online, where can they, mate? Uh, you can find me at Bloggy Balboa on Twitter and on WordPress. Uh, go check it out you can find me what I watch tonight.co.uk uh, Twitter, Instagram search what I watch tonight and you'll find me there if you want to f- find the show go follow us at death by pod and that is on Twitter and Instagram that's where all of our polls go up where we ask for your input on the films that we're going to watch uh, or we just post like odd stuff every now and then as well so check us out at death by pod if you want to send us uh, I don't know an idea for a game a picture of you watching a film just a picture of your face or um, any gags, or if you want to send us any voice messages to, for us to play on the show during our social section, social section, <gasps> send mm-hmm. it to uh, deathbypod at gmail.com. Send deathbypod at gmail.com and we'll uh, we'll get it on the show, lads. So, um, lads and ladies. So, yeah, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Next up on Bloggy's Behest, we are talking about wounds. Not, what, not literally on our body, but the movie Wounds. So I know Bloggy can't wait for that, and I'm intrigued. I'm going to watch it as soon as I get off this. So once again, Bloggernold, thank you for coming on. Everybody out there with a pair of ears who's listening, who's sharing, who's supporting, who's retweeting, who's engaging, who's asking us to be on their show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Don't stop though. If you, if you know, if you know, if you know somebody who likes horror films and horror film podcasts, do let, do let them know about us because we appreciate your support and your ears very much. But until next time from me, it certainly is. See ya. And from Bloggy. It's bye-bye. I know, I know, I know.